Ay, 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 ay. Uh, kids, you can be dismissed to kids' church. See where Sean took me here. Uh, good morning. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Rob Milney. I've been uh, an attendee here at Covenant for a very long time. I think my first uh, time I ever attended a service at Covenant was probably maybe in uh, the fall of 1988 or in the spring of 1989, and that service was uh, up on the mile ground in an old warehouse. Um, I am one of those engineers that you heard Nate talk about every once in a while. He tries to put some of these engineers on the board to um, perhaps drive them crazy. I'm also the guy that you see carrying around the red bag all the time. And I got that, um, I got that bag on a mission trip to Myanmar. I searched all over the uh, town when we were in Myanmar for these bags that um, the guys in Myanmar would carry their Bible in, and, and I couldn't find one. I could find ones that looked like them, um, or ones that were like it was basically the manufactured one. It was the, but uh, I couldn't find the the ones that the, all these pastors had. And one of the days, one of the pastors gave me one, and to me it was like a treasure because um, I was really excited to have it. So. When we came back from Myanmar, I just instantly put my Bible in it, and I've been carrying my Bible in that red bag ever since. And then uh, my wife went on another trip to Myanmar, and they gave her another bag for me, so now I carry my surface in it uh, to work. So I walk into work every day with my red bag on my shoulder. Um, and uh, one more thing, and this is just for Alan who spoke a couple weeks ago, Alan, I also wore a white tux to my prom. <laughs> but no pictures. Um, so this story for me really begins probably in 1988, um, about that same time that I attended a service at Covenant, maybe a few months before. Um, I had gone home for spring break in 1988. I was a student at WVU, and... Fortunately for me, my friend Mark was also on spring break. Our spring breaks had overlapped. He was a student at LSU. And um, so we decided that during spring break that we would play a round of golf together because Mark and I, we played golf all the time. Uh, prior to us going to school, Mark and his younger brother Billy and I, we played golf all the time. Uh, literally, we would play golf probably on Tuesdays, occasionally, every Thursday, because it was spaghetti day at the course we played, so we'd play golf on Thursdays, and then we would eat spaghetti dinner. And then we would play on Fridays, and then we, would, we had a starting time every Saturday morning, and I had a starting time every Sunday morning as well. But Mark and Billy didn't play on Sunday, because they went to church. And over the years, church, it became more than church for Mark and Billy, and as we would drive to the golf course, Mark would explain more about his life. He was just, both him and Billy were both just um, strong believers. So we come to the spring of 1988. Mark and I are sharing a round of golf at uh, Willowbrook Country Club, the place that we played all the time. 
in Pennsylvania, and um, I remember we played nine, and I had to leave. I think my spring break was ending, and I needed to go back. Uh, I needed to come back here, and Marks was just beginning, so he was going to play the back nine as well because it was a bonus round. We're playing in March, and it was a beautiful day, and I remember seeing Mark walking out the 10th fairway with his golf bag on his back, and Mark was, Mark and Billy, it, it doesn't mean anything to the story, but they were phenomenal golfers and teenagers in high school they didn't break 80 they didn't play good I mean they were just very they were solid golfers if you know anything about golf well I have this visual picture of Mark carrying his golf bag and he turns back and he gives me a wave and I wave to Mark and I go to my car unbeknownst to me that would be the last time I see Mark that's the vision that I have in my head of Mark carrying his golf bag he went back to school and was tragically killed in an automobile accident uh, prior to the end of school. So I came home end of school in May. Uh, actually, I had to take finals late and everything because was, that was right around the time of the funeral. So I go back home for the summer, and Billy gives me a call. We still would play golf, and uh, Billy had called me on a Saturday and said, hey, do you want to go to church with me tomorrow? Sure, I'll go to church with you tomorrow. I'll do anything I can to help you. Uh, get through this or, or walk through this with you. So started going to church with Billy in the summer of 1988. And at one point in time, I also had neighbors that lived behind me, uh, a family there, a, a girl there by the name of Lisa. And in all honesty, Lisa should have been a groomsman in my wedding because we were really close friends. Um, and her father's name was Roy. And so Roy and Lisa, their family were believers. Mark and Billy's family were believers. Roy started asking me about, well, when you go to church with Mark, how do you follow along to the scripture? And I'm like, well, I just kind of lean over Billy's shoulder, and Billy points to where we are, and I, I read with Billy. Uh, and Roy leans back on his couch, and he leans over like this, and he hands me a black leather Bible just like this one, only it's a living translation had no idea what that was going to do for me. I eventually would, would eat the word up out of that Bible. I, I wrote notes. I took notes all over it. Um, it was the big, that changed. That, I can still see Roy reaching out and handing me the Bible. And it was just, I look back, I'm so thankful for Roy and for Mark and for Billy and uh, whatnot. So, this today it is accumulation of that. It's about uh, the title of this is called Dancing with the Father. It's called Dancing with the Father for many reasons. And um, one of them is uh, back in April, Mark sang the Lord of the Dance. And I would like to share the lyrics to that song with you today. Uh, I danced in the morning when the world was begun. I danced on the moon and the stars and the sun. I came down from heaven and I danced on the earth. At then Bethlehem I had my birth. I danced for the scribe and the Pharisee, but they would not dance and they would not follow me. I danced for the fishermen, for James and John. They came with me and the dance went on. I danced on the Sabbath and I cured the lame. The holy people said it was a shame. They whipped and they stripped and they hung me on high and they left me there on the cross to die. I danced on a Friday when the sky turned black. It's hard to dance with the devil on your back.
They buried my body and they thought I'd gone, but I am the dance and I still go on. They cut me down and I leapt up high. I am the life that will never die. I'll live in you if you live in me. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. And then the, cor and the chorus is dance then wherever you may be, for I am the Lord of the dance, said he. And I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. So as Mark is singing this song back in April, Donna leans over to me and reminds me of um, the dance lessons that we had taken uh, and that Leah and I had taken in preparation for the father-daughter dance at her wedding. And if you remember me telling you about, I am one of those engineers that Pastor Nate talked about. Well, when you're in dance lessons and this guy that is a very good dancer is teaching you how to dance and in music, everything is based upon that count of eight. And I'm the engineer going, oh, no, I counted six. And he's getting to eight, and I'm counting six, or I'm counting five, and I just couldn't, you know, it took a little bit of, it took a little bit of time for me to figure out his eight. Um, and, and, and so, but, but he talked about how that dance, and it's learning to lead your partner in that dance. And he said, when you, when you, when you get it, and you're able to lead your partner, he's like, it's just a touch of your hand and they'll know that you're going to spin them or you're going to pull them in or, or what you're going to do. And um, so we, we did this dance, Lee and I, at her wedding, and we'll, we'll share about that here in a second. And, and one of them, the dance was based upon the swing. Okay, we, we, we formulated the dance after the swing. And so one of the things that he told us is, hey, you know, when you're dancing like this, you can you, you move your hand like this, and the girl will do this. And so we're at Leah's wedding, and we're dancing, and and. And Hannah friend comes up and she says to me, do you swing? And I'm like, yeah, sure, Hannah, I swing. And so Hannah and I start dancing and I'm thinking about what this guy said. And it is just spot on. You know, I move my hand this way and <sighs> Hannah goes. And I mean, we, we just had a great time dancing together. Uh, it was like I knew what I was doing. But I was leading her along in this dance and she was just, she was following. And my family was all about dancing growing up. My, uh, I remember sitting in the living room and watching my parents move couches and move furniture out of the way so that they could dance in the living room. And their friends would always come up to me and tell me that there wasn't a better dancer than your mom or there wasn't a better dancer than your father. They would always, they always danced. So it was, I don't know, an early early in my mind, I just had this, I just couldn't wait for my father to dance with my daughter at her wedding. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do that, but Leah reminded me that um, she got to dance with him at his wedding because he got married again late in life. And so, That was just such a special time and in in, in, in getting to even watching Leah and Trevor dance at, at weddings. And my father got to see that and, and it was just such a joy because Leah and Trevor encapsulate that joy in dancing that my mother and father have. And, and like they would go to weddings and they would not sit. They're going to dance through, through every song. So it was, it was, it was, it was really special to, to be able to dance with my daughter at her wedding and to dedicate that song and that dance to my father. 
So fast forward in this, you know, we're talking about dancing with the Father here today, and it's not just about me, Leah and I dancing or, or Leah dancing with my, my father. Fast forward a few years ago to, to we're in the middle of COVID and, and, and we're, we've learned how to worship differently. We, we're not attending church on a regular basis. And I'm, you know, I'm hearing from people that, hey, there's certain people in the church that are calling all the congregation. I'm going, nobody's calling me. And so I had a little burn my side about this for a little while. And and then one day Sean calls me and I kind of unloaded on Sean why no one was calling me, but we had this we had this great talk and he suggested, well, hey, maybe you should call people. Well, he was right. I should I should call people. So I just started calling random people in the church that that I was close to, some maybe that I wasn't so close to, but I would call them. And I would all I would ask every person that I called the same question eventually in our conversation. I would say, What are you reading? And the answers that I got back were astounding. I mean, I was just blown away by the answers of, of that, to that question, what you were reading. My question solely was based upon, what are you reading in the Word? Are you in the Word? And the answers I got back were just crazy. At one point in time, I had a, I had a, had a list of 10, that, and I thought that was too many, so I narrowed it down to three. Um, some of the reasons that uh, I got for why we're not reading the Word um, well, I just don't have time, Rob. We're, we're so busy with, with yard work and our kids and work, and I'm, I'm trying to study for this new certification at work, and I just don't really have a lot of time. And, you know, I know I should, but, but, I'm, I'm, but I'm not. And another one was, well, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not much of a reader. I, I struggle with being a reader, and uh, I just don't enjoy it. I'm not a reader. Uh, and then another one was... I don't read it because it's really hard for me to understand. So I don't read the word. Oh, I'm gonna take a look at those those three. Um, you just don't have the time, is is what some of you have told me. Well, if you pay any attention to current events, I would challenge you to say you can't afford to not have time to be in God's word now. Um, and and the word. It's exciting. Everything that you could imagine that, that you seek in an entertainment value, you can find in the Word. Whether it's music, whether it's drama, whether it's action, whether it's a love story, whether it's an adventure, there's wars and there's battles, there's famine, there's good versus evil, and it's a historic account of a plan, instructions, the tent story, remember, um, instructions on on how to live here and last week rachel said that it was flawless and i love stand i love listening to rachel friend read scripture when rachel friend reads scripture it is apparent it is undeniable that it is inside her that it's a part of of who she is and when rachel reads it you can just she weeps because it means so much to her. Well, last week she said that the word is flawless. And I'm not sure what scripture verse she read. And I, I apologize to you, Rachel, if this is not the one you read. So I went looking in scripture for where the word says it's flawless. And right now I'm reading New King James. So you'll see references in here with New King or NIV. And those are just uh, 
the versions of choice that I go to right now. So let's take a look at Second or Second Samuel verse 22, 31. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. The new king says, the Lord, the word of the Lord is proven. His word is flawless. It's perfect. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we read, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written, Again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to them, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. You see, Jesus knew the word. We'll read in Scripture that he is the word. But, but, but Jesus was tempted by the word. Satan tries to twist us. He's going to try to twist you with the word. So it's very important that you know the word yourself. The enemy will try to trick you with it. So you have to read it, you have to know it, and you have to live it. Well, you're not a reader, I was told. My second, probably most prominent excuse as to why we're not reading the Word. You're not a reader. I'm not a reader either. Um, uh, but if you're going to dance with the Lord, you've got to practice His steps. And I shared in the first service that um, I wasn't a reader and that my wife is a reader. And I shared that my dear friend Steve Baker here is like you could throw a book to him and it's like a dog with a bone. He is a reader. He eats it up. And Dorinda, maybe not so much, but I don't want to speak for her. But we'll have conversations together, and Donna and Steve will get into a, hey, did you read this book? Hey, and they're like, just go, and they'll look at us and go, did you read it? And we go, is there a movie? <laughs> is there cliff notes? But you got, we got to be in the Word. And I know Dorinda's in the Word. And, and I'm in the Word, but I don't claim to be a reader, but I'm reading the Word. Um, are you a good listener? Because we can't really say, well, I'm not a reader anymore because we have this little thing here that we can, that we can download Scripture, and we have the ability to Bluetooth it and drive to work and, and listen to the Word the whole way to work. So really, if you're not a reader, maybe perhaps you could be a listener and listen to God's Word, so there's really no reason that we as a body cannot be getting the word in us besides 
Sunday morning when Pastor Nate or Pastor Sean or whomever is speaking. So, yeah, last time I checked, I think you can listen to the whole Bible. Um, what did the psalmist say about the word? In Psalm chapter 119, verses 9 through 16, um, I keep journals. I thought about bringing all of them, but I really didn't see how the, what the point of that would be other than to show you a pile of journals. And, and sometimes I may write scripture in those journals. Sometimes I take notes. Uh, sometimes I'll write prayer requests in there, just whatever the Lord leads me to do. And um, in, in my current journal that I'm using, I couldn't tell you how many times I've written down this scripture. Um, Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the ways of your testimonies as much as in all the riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And in the NIV, it says, I will not neglect your word. I just think that's really powerful. Um, you're not a reader. But God's word tells us not to neglect the word. So I would encourage you to read it. Um, number three was... You don't understand the word, so that's reason to not read it. I would suggest that you read it again. Um, perhaps the second time you might understand it. There's numerous conversations that occur in my house over time that um, I know my wife is, uh, is a reader and will read the scripture, and, and sometimes she'll come to me and say, you know, hey, I read this yesterday, and I never caught this before. Each and every time you read God's word, he's going to give you more of it. Um, and I remember Pastor Dan up here at this big wooden pulpit, banging on it over and over and over again. And what would he say? The word, the word, the word, the word. We need to be in God's word. Um even if you don't understand it, there are uh, numerous resources out there to help you understand it. Um, Bible Gateway currently has approximately 60 different versions of the Bible that you could access through Bible Gateway. I don't know how many of those versions that you could actually buy the book from, but I'm sure probably most of them. Uh, maybe you don't enjoy New King James, or maybe you don't like the NIV, or you like King James or, or whatever, but there is a version there. There's a version out there that you can read and that you can understand. So I would encourage you to find that version and, and read it. Um, there, I gave references to a, a couple websites there. One is uh, the Bible Project, and the Bible Project is, is, a really, is a really cool tool that you can use to help you understand God's Word. And what it is, is it is a, a, a guy that will summarize a chapter or a book of the Bible in like two minutes, and he'll draw a picture of it. And it's, 
it's, it's really amazing. We watch him a lot, and he'll just draw a quick picture, and he'll reference, he'll break it down saying, okay, well, the first seven chapters of the, of the Bible mean this, and he'll draw a little picture, and he's like, the next, chap the next seven chapters of this book mean this, and it's really, a, it's really an interesting way to look at it. It really helps you, uh, helps you gain a, a, a new understanding of what that means, and it's, it's really, you know, whether you're, not, whether you're a reader or not, or whether you understand it or not, it really will help you understand it. Another reference that I'll, I'll share with you is called the Bible Study Together. And it also has, there's also apps on it as well. There's a reading plan. The reason that I like this reading plan is it's a chronological reading plan. It's set up over a two-year period. A lot of people strive in the beginning of January, I'm going to read the Word in a year, and they get a a, a, a checklist on how to read the Bible in a year and in a month you're you know you're still you're, you're, you're done because you're lost in, 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 in something that you're, you're not enjoying or you don't understand. Well the Bible study together is, is a chronological reading of the entire Bible. So you're reading second Kings at the same time you're reading that same story in second in Chronicles and it just really helps, tie it all together. And it's set up for a two-year plan, not a one-year plan. But I've actually found myself reading the Bible quicker in the two-year plan because I just want to keep reading it. I just want to keep um, eating it up from when Roy first gave me that Bible back in 1988. And then if, if there's, maybe those two aren't, aren't for you, I challenge Sean and Nate to, to help you out. Uh, that I'm sure they'd be more than willing to um, give you some resources to help you understand the word better. Uh, a little bit more scripture here. Uh, John chapter 1. Uh, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life that was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In the beginning was the Word, uh, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you remember the, the, the story, the, the tent, that the Samantha did the skit, and she was buried in the tent, and she couldn't get out of the tent because she could, put, she could figure it out without the instructions. Um, oftentimes in life, we try to do things like that, and then we go back to the instructions later. The offertory song that I selected was a burlap to cashmere song, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Um, that's the acronym for the Bible, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, uh, if you didn't catch that earlier. But these are the instructions. In the beginning was the Word. If we are going to claim to be believers, if we're going to walk with Him, we need to know Him. We need to be in God's Word. We need to have... Uh, we need to be reading the Scripture on our own, not just on Sunday mornings hearing the Scripture being shared from Pastor Nate or Pastor Sean. We ourselves as believers, we need to be reading the Word. Um, as I told you, I, I keep a journal and I keep quotes. Uh, sometimes I write down some interesting things from, um, that, that I hear on, on Sunday mornings. Um, June 5th, Pastor Nate states, Our part is to follow God's way and carefully seek him. June 12th, Alan Nagy shares his testimony. And if you haven't had an opportunity to hear Alan's testimony yet, 
I would encourage you to listen to Alan's testimony. It is, it's incredible. In the midst of the storm that Alan and his wife are in, Alan says they decided, let's write down some of the Bible verses that really mean a lot to us. So in the midst of the storm, Alan and his wife, because they're in the Word, decide to write these scriptures down in the midst of this storm so they can just turn to them on a regular basis. And then Alan also goes on to say, without the promises of God's word, it's hard to have peace. Agreed. June 19th, during his Sunday morning service, Nate stated, everything included within the scriptures is essential for life. June 5th, or I'm sorry, July 5th, Nate states that God's word does not need our help. And there's one I didn't write down. I had it written down in my notes and then trying to weave everything together. I, this one got left out. But Michael and I were talking after the first service and he reminded me of it and I think it's worthy to talk. I did not hear uh, Blaine state this, but Sean had made a reference to it a few weeks ago about the Lord speaking to Blaine about... It's time to be holding your sword. You need to keep hold of your sword. And I may, I'm probably screwing that up because I didn't write that down. But we need to keep hold of our sword. It's time because we need to use our sword. And if we look at Ephesians chapter 6 and we read about the, um, the armor of God, there's two offensive weapons in that armor, and that's prayer and the sword. And to, and to, and to fling that sword, for lack of a better term, you need to know how to use it. You need to know what the instructions are. And that sword is the word. I'll close with one more scripture. And this is in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And I think of um, when I read that scripture and I, I try to visualize that in my head on what did that sound like when, when the Lord walked into the garden and he said, where are you? I, I think it would have been much louder than me saying, where are you right now? I, I think that that, that that where are you would have bellowed through the garden like nothing we've ever heard before. <clears throat> and as he, as he searched for Adam. Or just like you would yell for your child if your child was outside and you didn't know where they were, you would yell, where are you? So I ask you today, where are you? Are you in the Word? Uh, if you're not in the Word, are you ready to start reading the Word? Are you ready to let that adventure of God's Word begin? Uh, are you ready to read the instructions? and the offertory song, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Um, and what about, uh, what do you do once you've read it? Read it again, and again, and again, and again. You're going to get something new out of it each and every time. It goes back to that word, the word, the word, the word. Maybe the first time he said that, I didn't understand it. But eventually I kind of got that, and it's, beating in my head and I can still see them up here standing and pounding. So I encourage you to um, 
read the Word. Maybe you don't have one. Um, maybe life, for whatever reason, you don't, have a, you don't have a Bible. If you need a Bible, see me or my wife would be more than happy to buy one for you. Um, so going back to Roy Holiday, that was his last name, Holiday, handing me that Bible, I never thought, I never realized what that would be like that day that I took that black living Bible translation out of his hands. Um, but it was, it was a life changer. And um, I'm, I'm so thankful that, that he did. I'm so thankful that they were willing to invest in me. Um, so um, let us pray. Um, remind you to pray for the kids at camp this week. Uh, it's a pretty special week to, to go to church camp. Uh, we had the honor of doing that here for uh, 17 years. So Ephraim, I probably have at least one camp left in me. So um, let me know when you need some help. Uh, so Father God, I just want to thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you that your word is true, that it's, that it's as Rachel said last week, and as your scripture tells us, Lord, it's flawless. Father God, I pray that you would just encourage our congregation uh, to be people of the word, to be readers of the word. Lord, I ask that you would just uh, minister to our youth group as they, as they go to camp. Father, that you would just keep them safe. Lord, that, that you would change them this week uh, to change their families, to be readers of the word, Lord, with, when they come home, and that they would just be a challenge to this entire congregation when they come back. And Father God, we just thank you and praise you for these things. And Lord, we just um, ask that you be with us through this week. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Rob. Amen. Amen. Uh, at this